Holy moly. Friday, February 22nd. Welcome to the Freedom Friday Hour. Sponsored by Fifth Book Media. Fifthbookmedia.com where you can get books, resources about spiritual warfare, about the apostate church, warnings, trading manual of fighting demons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, books about martial arts, wisdom of death, all of that stuff, fifthhookmedia.com. Also, uh, the proud sponsor of Mesquite Cafe. Yeah, Mesquite Cafe Project. Music. Music with a uh, bite to it. Little, little truth in the blues-based music for people. Okay, so you guys, uh, you guys want some bad news here? I want to give you some bad news. Once again, let me explain. When we look at this bad news, behind it is all the good news. And the good news is we're not of this world. We're not part of this nonsense. And the more we removed from it and the falsehood of it, of this matrix, of this lie that this uh, Lucy loser in the sky with trannies has created, the more we can see our eternal salvation. Our eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Our eyes are wide open. Our ears are unstopped. We have fluid spiritual movement. We have peace. We lay our head at night on the pillow and we sleep peacefully. None of these diseases have plagued us because we're walking in covenant with our Lord of our God and his commands are written on our hearts and we obey because we have his spirit. We are the sheep. And we only have one shepherd. We don't follow other sheep. There's not another sheep that's guiding us and teaching us and being our sheep leader. There's only one shepherd. We only have one pastor, one shepherd, one. And that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No human. No human teacher. You need no human teacher. The Holy Spirit will lead you to all truth. If you abide in the Son, he will abide in you. That's the great news. So as we talk about all this demonic nonsense in the world, we know that we're at the precipice of eternity. That's the good news. We know we're at the precipice looking down, and we're almost there. We're almost there. I'm not the only one saying it. There's many people who are wide awake, who feel it. They feel it down in their bones. They feel it in their spirit that we are in the last of the end times. Yeah. 
It's not going to last very much longer. Don't ask me how long. I don't know. I don't know. The sooner the better for me, but I don't know. But this this society, this earthly society, what's going on on the entire plane of earth, it's not going to last. And it's falling quickly. The evil that presents itself is a sign that the iniquity is filled up. The beast that had the mortal wound to its head, to its head, to its leadership, the mortal wound, it wasn't, a, it wasn't dead. It was just a deadly wound. Has risen. It came back. And many wonder, oh, look at that. It's alive. It's back. And let's go after the beast. Who can make war with it? Paganism. The occult, the worship of Satan as a goddess, and all that it ensues received a mortal wound during the first century of Christianity. The first and second and third centuries of Christianity laid down those idols, laid down that paganism as Christianity spread. But by the fourth century, Oh, we have Constantine and the Catholic Church and the politicizing of Christianity and the paganizing of Christianity because if you can't beat him, join him. And then throughout the years, it's been a long, slippery slope, though we've had many, many, many good men and women that have held true to the gospel of Christ throughout the centuries. We are living in a time now where that's not so we're living in a time where the vast majority of humans are deceived. Many call themselves Christians. Many attend a church service. They go to a building. They go to an organization. They sit under a human shepherd because this human shepherd in their mind knows more than they do, so they impart knowledge and wisdom to them but they're far removed from knowing Christ. They're far removed from knowing salvation. They're far removed from being the elect. They're far removed from exercising their faith in Christ. And their doctrines are in error. Yes, their doctrines are in error and they run to and fro. Tickle my ears, tickle my ears. They run to and fro looking for the sexy stories, looking for the sexy doctrine, looking for the next thing. And they love to debate and they love to scratch their beards and they call themselves scholars and theologians. And they hold fast to their denominations. They say the Baptist denomination is the best. It's the closest to biblical Christianity. Or they say, ooh, the Seventh-day Adventist church is the best. It's the closest to Christianity. Oh, the Methodists, they have a method. It's the closest. And on and on. Oh, no. It's the Charismatia. It is the Pentecostals. It is the miracles and feathers and gold dust in the sky. That's the movement of God. The fire. 
And they run to and fro like rats chasing cheese on a on a pinwheel, just going, just spinning, spinning, spinning. And the day will come when Christ sits on his throne and he will separate the goats from the sheep. And he knows the goats because of their behavior. Goats behave like goats and sheep behave like sheep. And the sheep know his voice and they follow him. But the goats do not. They might confess him. They might say, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that? Didn't we do this? But they're goats. They're goats. Because they've denied the true gospel of Christ. We are in that time. We are in that time. And the whole world is going after the beast whose head was mortally wounded, but then comes back. Look at the paganism. Look at the Satanism that's in your face. Blatant Satanism. Blatant witchcraft. Blatant occult worship. Blatant ritual and blood sacrifice in your face on a daily basis. Decisions that politicians are making, celebrities are making, your television is making, your internet is making, it's all based on Satan's lies. How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts chapter 19 where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed. A true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces. And you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual. And there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. And we have from the Daily Wire. This sent to me from my good friend, John Montero. One who I love. He sends me good stuff because he knows what good stuff is. So he's always sending me good stuff. And this one's good. Feminist pastor gives Gloria Steinem a vagina sculpture made of melted purity rings. That's right. From the Daily Wire. Well, she finally did it. 
feminist Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz Weber has given abortion propagandist Gloria Steinem the vagina sculpture she made of Christian purity rings last year. That's according to The Blaze. If you want to look that up. Last November, the founding pastor of Denver's House of, check this out, this is the name of her stupid church, which is located in Denver, where they like to decriminalize pooping and pissing on the sidewalk. Someone had sent me a uh, a link to verify.com, and they go, you know, basically, oh, no, they, they didn't legalize pooping and pee. That's wrong. That's a lie. Nope, said no. And But when I read it, it, it's it's well, they just they just changed the words. No, they didn't make it legal. They just decriminalized it. They made the punishment so low that it wouldn't trigger deportation for their illegal immigrant Democrat voters. It's the same thing. Crap on a sidewalk is crap on a sidewalk. No matter how you slice it, Denver, with their crap on a sidewalk, has a crap church called House for All Sinners and Saints. House for All Sinners and Saints. Uh, this Lutheran pastor, she once described herself to the Washington Post as a tatted up, foul mouthed leader of a new muscular form of liberal Christianity. <laughs> and there's people that are following this shepherd, there are goats following this goat shepherd. Can you believe it? On Twitter, she announced a massive art project to create a golden idol. This is what's in the article. She announced that she wanted to create a golden idol to female genitalia in protest of evangelical purity. This is a Lutheran pastor. Lutheran named after Martin Luther, the very one who nailed the 95 theses on the Wittenberg door and started the Protestant revolution. That's the same denomination that exists today from that. Unbelievable, huh? And some may ask, I love this question, when this, what church you go to? I don't go to any. Why would I go to, to any of these places? Why would, why would I subject myself to this? Well, my church is not like this. I dig deeper. Beginning November 12th until December 17th, she says that her followers will have the opportunity to send in their purity rings to be melted down and recast into a golden vagina. And she said that in, uh, on her website about her plans to create her uh, feminist idol and that the sculpture will be unveiled at the 2019 Makers Conference. Well, you know who the maker is. Lucy Loser in the Sky with Diamonds with uh, Transgender Diamonds. So these women, these uh, idiot goat women sent this Pastor Weber their purity rings, and they were given a certificate of impurity as well as a shameless impurity ring. 
Evangelicals sometimes refer to such purity rings as promise or chastity rings. They are typically given to young girls as a sign of promise to abstain from premarital sex. But Boltz Weber, the pastor, received enough rings. Now, she had to hire a female welder to create the vagina statue because five men, five men refused to make it. And I don't blame them. Why, why would you want to put your business in jeopardy making a, a vagina idol for somebody? That can only that could, that cannot benefit you as a business guy. Upon presenting the statue to Steinem at the 2019 Makers Conference, the feminist pastor denounced the purity rings as a footnote in vast history. Purity is just a footnote in vast history to this thing. And here's her quote. She says, Every single thing and person that seems so powerful as to feel inescapable, I name them, and then I just go, footnote, footnote. I mean, seriously. Now, listen to her. This is her quote. She goes, I mean, seriously. Pontius Pilate, he's a footnote. <gasps> really? Pontius Pilate, he's a footnote. Your bully from high, middle school, footnote. Your depression, footnote. Your shitty boss, footnote. That's a quote from her. All those things are very real and the harm that they have on us, the world is also real. But to me, the whole point of having faith is that it allows us to believe in a bigger story than the one we tell ourselves. Those purity rings are a footnote. So she doesn't want women to be pure. She doesn't want women to be chaste. She wants women to be impure and shameful and to be hoarse and to then get pregnant and then kill their babies in abortion clinics. And so she's a pastor of a church in Denver where they poop and pee on the sidewalk. And enough said, right? Um, here's what she said. She says uh, her whole motivation is to take down the evangelical purity culture. I, so, I mean, there's no Bible. There's no Christianity here. This was, they're Satanists. She's a Satanist. Um, if you go to our, our Facebook page, look at the picture of her. She's all tatted out like some kind of freak. And then she has a belt buckle of, I don't know if it's Jesus or Mary or something. She's just a freak. But she's a feminist pastor. She says this thing about women that the church has tried to hide and control and that it's a canvas on which other people can write their own righteousness. It's actually ours. This part of me is mine and I get to determine what is good for it and it's beautiful and how I use it in the world. What a stinky goat, huh? What a stinky goat. The evangelical Lutheran church in America has developed general um, liberal views, you think, on abortion, homosexuality, universalism. And uh, she said her denomination largely supports her. Oh, yeah. So apparently this uh, modern purity movement began in the 1990s and 2000s. Um, and it was a movement where people were decided not to have premarital sex and to remain pure and stuff like that. And that's what she's doing away with. So, all right. That's your first piece of disgusting trash. Thank you very much, John, for sending that. I'm sure you got the uh, blood boiling on many listeners. Okay, here's a good one. Here's a good one here. Um, yeah, I, I, like most people, you, these fashion shows, I I don't know what they're about. I mean, who's going to wear this stuff? I have no idea what, what they do this for, but I do know that Satan likes to parade his 
Lucy Loser in the Sky with Tranny's agenda. So this time, the hot trend at London Fashion Week is sperm. Wearing sperm prints. Mm -hmm, I kid you not. Uh, let's see. Designers. <laughs> Designers. Uh, they're in uh, London. Here's one. Ashley Williams showed in London the day after Valentine's Day. And she's known for her campy, bejeweled hair clips that spell out sayings like anxiety or quote unquote devil. All right. She makes hair clips that say devil on them. All right. So she says um, she made a collection full of squiggly cartoon-like sperm printed pieces from a fuzzy fleece to a silky skirt to strapless T-length cocktail dress. There were plenty of stylish swimmers on these designs. Even more explicit was her penis-covered sweatband for you want to let everyone know you have sex on the brain. Another uh, designer, Christopher Kane, another cheeky Brit who loves to play with triple X material, was inspired by bodily fluids and fetishes. Um, he did uh, leather, lace, and colorful a colorful IV bag for handbags. That's nice. But here's here's the line I want you to to get so, because they hide in plain sight. You know, these Satanists, um, they they. Put it out there. Another Satanist reads this, they know. Or if your eyes are open, you read this, you know. You know exactly what this is about by the language. Not only what they're doing as a goat, but their language. It's goat language. This line here, it says, but by the 11th look, it was plainly spelled out for us. But by the 11th look, it was plainly spelled out for us. 11th. And they spell out 11th, 11, but not they don't spell it out. They use the numbers, 1-1-T-H, one, one, 11th look. So not by the first look. Wouldn't would that be the logical thing? By the first look, just plain spell it. No, the 11th look. It, it was the 11th. Here's your number. It was plainly spelled out for us. It's spell casting. There's sperm on them. Spell casting is satanic. Lucy Loser in the Sky with Tranny's Filth. All right. Um, so that's what's happening in the fashion industry in London. If you care to update your wardrobe from the summer, there's plenty of sperm blouses and skirts and penis hats to be had. Um, and, and to think, if you wear a, uh, a red Make America Great hat, um, the media is all over you. And, you know, you're some hateful guy. But yeah, go ahead and wear a penis on your head. That's all right. It's uh, really Lucy loser stuff here. Uh, this is a little uh, closer to home here. This is evil. This is all about uh, New World Order. This is all about controlling humans more and more. Um, as we've all been involved in technology, we've all been involved with um, having a smartphone having the internet. Um, some, some of us have a social media account. I have a Facebook that I use just to post this crap on so I can uh, 
then talk about it, get people aware of what's going on. Um, but I don't post anything else. Um, Mesquite Cafe type of thing. I don't have Twitter. I don't have um, Instagram. I don't have any of that other stuff. I stay away from a lot of stuff. I don't have Alexa. I don't have, I don't use Siri. All that crap's turned off. But we live in a world where, you know, you can't, you can't get away from this stuff. And uh, even if you don't use the internet and stuff, you still have an internet footprint. And uh, I spent some money, went to a company, and reduced my footprint on the internet. I did. And uh, harder, it's harder and harder to find me. Not impossible, but harder to find me. And, uh, you, know, those, you know, those websites, you know, like people search and things like that. Because, yeah, uh, ex-narcotic officer and uh, ex-cop, it's been 10 years, but there are people I don't want to find me. And so uh, I did that. But yet, you know, you know, my father, you know, he, he died in 2001. He, he didn't even know how to, he didn't know what the internet was. He didn't even, you know, he never got on a keyboard. He never used a computer. You know, that was before, you know, no smartphones. I mean, none of that stuff. Yeah, you do a search on him, you know, <clears throat> he pops up all over the place. And, you know, it's just public record stuff. And he was never even, you know, never had a social media account or things like that. So it's this information gathering, this control in this uh, new world order. And, you, you know, you just try to, you try to be aware of it and do the best you can. And God give you wisdom to avoid certain things. So in um, Arizona, this is from uh, AZ Central. It says, you may soon have to give your DNA to the state and pay 20, 250 bucks for the privilege. <laughs> of course. Um, Arizona could soon be one of the first states to maintain a massive statewide DNA database. And if the proposed legislation passes, many people, from parents, school volunteers, and teachers, to real estate agents and foster parents, will have no choice but to give up their DNA. Now, I think this is unconstitutional. I think that's a, a huge invasion of your privacy. It's one thing to, to roll your fingerprints, right? Um, you know, to be uh, hired in certain jobs. You have to roll your fingerprint and uh, just see if you're a, a felon with the, you know, the databases there with the NCIC and things like that. It's another thing to actually take... Uh, a portion of my DNA of my body, either through blood or, or um, through my sperm shirt, you know, that I, that I would be wearing uh, because I went to London Fashion Week, you know, and everybody would be cool with it and go, hey, where'd you get that? That's really great. This is amazing. Under Senate Bill 1475... Senator David Livingston, believe it or not, he's a Republican from Peoria, introduced DNA must be collected from anyone who has to be fingerprinted by the state for a job to volunteer in certain positions or for a myriad of other reasons. So if you have to be fingerprinted, then they, uh, you have to give up your DNA. The bill would uh, even authorize the medical examiner's office in each county to take DNA from dead bodies. The Department of Public Safety, 
that's their law enforcement arm there in Arizona, would maintain the collected DNA alongside the person's name, social security number, date of birth, and last known address. Really? Is, is this really... Are the citizens of Arizona going to really allow this to go through? This is just the beginning. This, I mean, I hope, I hope they fight this thing tooth and nail. They're going to collect the DNA along with your name, your social security number. Isn't that enough? Your date of birth and last known address. The only thing they don't have, there's a picture of you. Here's the deal. You know Number one, the Department of Public Safety has to maintain all this stuff. You know, in this bill, there's no funding for them to have to, to, have to build all the databases and staff it. Because <laughs> that's, that's how these politicians are. They just write crap, and uh, they don't know where the money's coming from. So that's gonna cost, it's going to cost the taxpayers a whole lot of money to build this database and have it staffed. The other thing is, it's going to get hacked. And once it gets hacked, they're going to have a person's DNA. They're going to have their name. They're going to have their social security number. They're going to have their date of birth, their last known address, and they can go out and get credit. Better get LifeLock. Yeah, that's crazy. Any DNA in the database could be accessed and used by law enforcement in a criminal investigation. So can fingerprints. It could also be shared with other government agencies across the country. Oh, for licensing, death registration, to identify a missing person or determine someone's real name. Ooh. Now, listen to this line in the bill. It could also be provided to someone conducting quote-unquote legitimate research. What does that mean? Who's, who's, who's going to be conducting legitimate research on your DNA? Google? Facebook? Credit card companies? Who? A $250 fee could be collected from a person who submits biological samples, according to the bill. It's not clear who would foot the cost for the dead person. Now, so not only are they screwing these Arizona people, they want to screw them out of, get their DNA, they also want to charge them 250 bucks for them to be violated. Oh, my God. There's no other state that does this. Now, this, this is just horse, horse manure because the criminal out there who's actually doing the crime is not going to apply for a job where his DNA needs to be collected. Really, his day job isn't going to be working at the uh, Phoenix University uh, Medical Lab and then at night, you know, he's running around, um, you know, with his gin and juice shooting other gangsters on the street. They're two different people. David Kay is an associate dean for research at Penn State University. He studies genetics and its application to law, and he says the proposed bill is one step away from requiring DNA from anyone who wants a driver's license. Okay, this, this guy studies genetics and its application to law. He's a, he's a professor, right? Associate dean. And he says that this bill is one step away from requiring DNA from anyone who wants an Arizona driver's license. Holy mackerel. Because, holy mackerel, driving's a privilege, not a right. 
Currently in Arizona, DNA is collected from anyone convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor sex crime. If passed, the bill would expand the current database exponentially. It says, uh, the database appears to be focused on making it easier for law enforcement to use DNA investigations. But Kay said it's not targeting the right people to make a significant impact when it comes to solving cases. I agree with him. Uh, collected DNA from the dead could solve some long-standing cold cases. Uh, you know, and have a DNA from law enforcement volunteers on file might weed out accidental crime scene contamination. But he says, in his opinion, he doesn't think that solving crimes is a big priority here. It's not focusing on the people most likely to be linked to crimes. It's just spreading the net more broadly. Wow. Uh, I'll tell you what, I can't see how that's even legal. But we live in a country now where our constitutional law has just eroded into nothingness, basically. That's why you have the TSA molesting you at the airport in total violation of your Fourth Amendment right. That we all gave up for the Patriot. I don't fly either, by the way. Uh, can't remember last time I flew. Freaking 10 years ago or something. I don't fly. If I can't get there by car, I'm not going. Gory Spirit Festival lights up Cambodian capital. Because they don't have enough problems as it is up there. Now, the, the thing with this story, you look at it and go, yeah, it's Cambodian. They're, they're whatever. But these men dress like women. It's the hygiene. It's the uh, transvestite. It's the goddess worship. We call them uh, trannies here. We call them, uh, you know, whatever. But they're men. They, they put on makeup and they dress like women. It's all part of this uh, Baphomet agenda here. But in Cambodia, spirit mediums in headdresses and lurid makeup, their cheeks pierced by needles and tongues cut by knives, they led a striking procession Tuesday through the Cambodian capital to mark the end of the Chinese New Year. And um, anyway, it's a big parade. The procession mixes Chinese ritual and local folk traditions in a country that they believe in the spirits. Believers invite spirit-possessed mediums. Spirit-possessed mediums. That's another word for demon possession. They invite these demon-possessed mediums that are dressed like women with makeup and their hair on a, on, a, on a bun, cutting their tongues with knives. They invite these, uh, these possessed into their shops and into their homes to bless them with good luck or banish illness or bad fortune. I wonder how that's working for them in Cambodia because it looks kind of like a third-world country to me. It doesn't look like it's, they're having very good... Uh, luck or fortune over there. The mediums forced needles and spears to their cheeks. They cut their tongues. And then they used their own blood to write mystical diagrams known as yantras on paper slips before distributing them to the crowd. that nice? So you can be sitting on the crowd wearing your penis shirt, your sperm shirt with your penis hat, and uh, giving up your DNA this guy goes by and he writes a little yantra to you with his own blood from his tongue and then he uh, gives it to you. And you go, wow, am I blessed or what? And that's the kind of world 
that we're in. That's what I'm saying. The iniquities fill it up. I mean, come on. It's <laughs> it's a mortal wound. All this stuff, not that this stuff went away. It never died. It was still there. But before these last couple of years, it was really, really occult, which means hidden. It really was hidden. It's always been there. I mean, you know, rappers that are satanic, these these celebrities, every musician, everybody who's anybody has sold their soul to the devil. That's nothing new. I mean, you can go back and watch old, old movies from the very beginning, old, old entertainment, and they seemed like, oh, look how nice those people, look how nice little House on the Prairie was. Oh, look how nice. It was all, ha- it all had a satanic agenda. They all were sold out. It's just that it was a cult. They had, it. they hid it because the regular humans weren't ready for it yet. They, we still lived in a Judeo-Christian environment up to that point. But since, uh, you know, I think since 2008, it's the major, major slide. And certainly since 2012, um, now it's like, it's right in your face. It's like, um, you know, if you're not a Satanist, it's, you know, it's freaky. Who are you if you're not a Satanist, right? Just a regular Joe, right? It, it, It was mortally wounded because of Christianity, because of the gospel of Christ. And when that left, when the gospel of Christ quit being effective, and I mean, what I mean by that, effectively preached, and by a failed church system, failed Christianity, well, now it's mortal head. It's, it's been healed. And now the world's wandering around after it. Who can make war with the beast? Who can make war with the beast? who gets its power from the dragon. It's all this occult stuff. Anyway, back to the ceremony. It's a ceremony to invite spirits to bless people so they could make more money for their businesses, have prosperity, live with happiness. Um, yeah. This one person said, his name is uh, Gek. 51 years old, said, I believe this ceremony will bring good luck to my family and business. We do it every year. 50 days after Chinese New Year. So there you go. The, uh, yeah. So see, if you look at that, I used to read a story like this and go, ooh, Cambodia, man, they do weird stuff. I wouldn't want to be there. Ooh, that's weird. You know, it's America, folks. We were doing it in America. Why, why, why would we have some gal who does spirit cooking? Why would we have celebrities eating um, cake or whatever it is off a, uh, it looks like a dead body? Why would she be using sperm and blood and chicken guts to paint art, quote unquote, on a wall? It's the same stuff. It's in America. It's not just in Cambodia. It's the same ritual stuff. It's a mortal wound. It's been healed. Here's one from the Daily Star. Digisexual. Digisexuals. Demand human rights enshrined by UN to have sex with AI robot. An emerging sexual identity known as digisexuality is said to be gaining traction among open-minded youngsters in Britain, in Japan, Russia, and guess where? The United States. Researched by academics. Yeah. 
They co-authored a title called The Rise of Digisexuality. They said the trend is becoming more commonplace. These digisexuals are forging, or I'm sorry, these digisexuals are foregoing humans in favor of intimate and even sexual relationships with advanced computer software and lifelike robots. <laughs> One digisexual, his name is Hiro Kando. He's 35 years old, so he should know better. This poor, poor bastard. What a pathetic bastard, right? You'd rather like just screw a, a robot than have a relationship with a real human. That is some sad, sad sack. He's a school administrator. He married a virtual reality singer in Japan. And he uh, deems himself to be a sexual minority facing discrimination. Because people like me just called him a poor bastard. And so he's being discriminated against. Because people like Brother Kapow did a show and mentioned him and said that he was a sad sack. So he's being discriminated against. His sexual identity is digi. For those identify as digisexuals, they believe they uh, may be um, they may be resistance akin to the pushback against other sexual minorities such as homo, trans, and bisexuals. So you know, instead of LGBTQI, we got to add the D now. LGBTQID for digisexual. So now they're pressuring for human rights protections. It could be one way in which digisexuals attempt to achieve recognition. The campaign's already begun online. You can get a t-shirt. Um, it goes on and on. Canada and the Nordic countries are the leaders at this, but the rest of Europe and America are not far behind. Isn't that nice? They're moving towards a system that grants broad sexual freedom and recognizes the value of alternative sexual identities in general. Uh-huh. So anyway, that's some weird, uh, some weird people, boy. They just love the beast. They wander after him. Okay, one last story here. This is a local, well, local to me, Utah. Up the street here, this is from uh, the Spectrum, St. George, and Daily News. And I only mentioned this because of the the incredible injuries that were brought to this this toddler by this woman and her boyfriend. You know, um, it's just getting worse and worse with the child abuse. The demonization is just incredible, and it uh, it does it weighs hard. You know, it's it's very hard, and it weighs heavy. But uh, it is the filling up of the iniquity, right? You've got to see the, the beast whose mortal wound was healed. and Everybody went after him. This is nothing new either. Child abuse, child's you know, sexual ritual sacrifice, blood sacrifice. None of this is new. They've been doing it for years. It's all, but it's been a cult. It's been hidden. Now it's in the open. This is from Cedar City. Uh, not too far from me. Cedar City. City, uh, Cedar City woman charged in the April uh, 2017 death of a 14-month-old daughter. She admitted uh, her guilt in a, in a hearing last week. Her name is Cherokee D. She's 25 years old, 25 years old. And there's a picture of her mugshot from the Iron County Sheriff's Office. She's got this smile on her face. She's just smiling. She's happy. She killed her baby. 
Uh, but on the sentencing, she's in tears as she appeared before Judge uh, Matthew Bell. She entered a, pl- a guilty plea to multiple, multiple felony charges, including child abuse, homicide, and three additional counts of child abuse. Now, why do you think she pleaded guilty? She was crying to plead guilty. Why do you think? you think because she really felt bad for killing this kid? Do you think so? Why do you think she pled guilty? Because her attorneys said, if you don't plead guilty, do you go to jury trial? You're going to get the death penalty or you'll get life in prison. Plead guilty and uh, we'll see what we can uh, whittle away on uh, some of these other charges. You know, and maybe you can do two or three years with good behavior and you'll be out and you can have more babies and do the same thing because you're demon possessed, Cherokee. And here you go. In exchange for her plea, guess what? The original charge of felony murder was dropped. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Brother Kapow, you're so wise. I, I see right through this, this junk. I didn't read that line yet, but I'm telling you, that's why her attorneys had her do that. She pleaded guilty. Multiple felony charges, but guess what? The murder charges dropped, so now she's not going to get life imprisonment. She's probably not going to get no more in a couple of years. What the heck? It's just a 14-month-old kid, just a toddler, defensive toddler, toddler. What the heck, man? No big deal. In her statement filed with the court, Cherokee acknowledged inflicting injury on her child on more than one occasion prior to her death. This is what's horrible. Her boyfriend at the time of the incident, he's 31, faces charges of, charges of felony murder. So he's the one that's taking the rap because he, uh, <laughs> oh boy, stupid, stupid, there's stupid people everywhere. He's the one facing uh, felony murder, three counts of child abuse and a single count of child endangerment. Now he entered a not guilty plea to the charges, uh, but he hasn't gone to trial. So he is going to be screwed because they dropped the charges of murder on her. So guess what? You're it, brother. You're the one. You're the man now. Good luck. So here it is. Court documents describe what officials say happened that night, two years ago. The daughter lost consciousness and could not be revived. According to their statements, the couple's watching a movie. I wonder what they were watching. The toddler began vomiting. Yeah, for no reason. That's what kids do. They just start throwing up. She was given a bath, and the couple returned to watching the film. So we just bathe her, lay her down, let's go back and watch the movie. Later in the evening, the couple had an argument. And Cherokee, she stepped outside to smoke. And according to uh, the dude, her boyfriend, the child began crying and breathing heavily. After a short time, the child lost consciousness. So he left the room to get uh, Cherokee. And when the couple returned, the child was not breathing, unresponsive. So they took it to Cedar City Hospital. Then it went to uh, some Salt Lake City. But guess what? Test revealed the child had suffered a serious brain injury. So they weren't just watching a movie. The kid didn't just start vomiting. The kid didn't just start. She suffered a serious brain injury. Brain injury. After four days on life support, she was declared dead. Now, the Utah State Medical Examiner's Office conducted an autopsy. And he ruled the death a homicide. And guess what? The examination revealed multiple fractures 
previous injuries. The toddler's urine tested positive for morphine. Because that's what 14-month-old kids do. They take morphine. They jump off buildings and break their bones. So this kid was abused and beat to a pulp every month of her little 14 months on this loser freaking system. Deputy Chief Medical Examiner for the state offered testimony during the preliminary hearing. And he said his examination revealed the child had broken bones, had bruises, had signs of major, major trauma. And all these things have happened prior to the incident that led to her death. This 14 months of hell for this little human. 14 months of pure abuse and hell by these demon-possessed people. He said he found brain injuries consistent with child abuse. Now, even though they dropped the murder charges on Cherokee, she faces a maximum of 40 years in Utah State Prison. Um, she's not going to get that. Uh, you know, she'll get rehabilitated. She's so sorry. So that's it for the good news, folks. The good news is it's getting worse. It's getting more and more dark. It's getting more and more evil. The wound, the deadly wound to the beast's head, paganism, goddess worship, pure satanic Luciferian doctrine has now been healed. Yay. And the whole world wanders off it, uh, wanders um, for it. They go after it and they, uh, they worship it and they're, they're, they marvel. They marvel that it's, hey, it's back. It's back. This is amazing. All the goddess worship and transgender and Baphomet stuff. And this is just blood sacrifice. This is amazing. Who can make war with the dragon, with the beast who gets its power from the dragon? This is great stuff. So, you know, until the sheep are separated from the goats, you know, right? We only have one shepherd. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have sheep leading sheep. You don't want to end up uh, with the uh, vagina pastor, right? You don't want to end up there. My goodness. All right, that's enough good news and the bad news. Hopefully you take the uh, good news and the bad news of the great assault and um, know that uh, we're right at the precipice. And uh, yeah, we should be going home pretty soon. Yeah. Okay, so good night. Talk to you later. Take heed. Here we wait for judgment day. Told to watch and pray. Help me, Lord, to firmly stand. Waiting for that son of man. No more trouble or dismay. Waiting for the judgment day. Sun and moon will soon go dark. There is chaos in the stars. All the 
pray. Son of man.